Hey everybody, welcome back to the Jetcast. Today, we are finally on our, our episode 10. We're finally a double-digit podcast. My name is Don Zanis, one of the co-hosts of the Jetcast. Dylan Gagan is the other co-host. I messed that up, but Dylan, say what's up. What's up, everybody? All right, so uh, we were really excited to record this podcast this week because uh, me, both Dylan and I were going to uh, the Jets training camp on Saturday, July 30th, right? July 30th. Yeah. Um, so we're real hyped. We find we actually met for the first time in person, which was really cool. Um, and we, you know, the actual experience of Jets camp was amazing. I mean, we got to go in, see all the different. I mean, for me, living in Pittsburgh, I never get to see any just like a Jets shop. That was really nice to just go in there. Uh, I mean, we got to see the players in person and everything. Uh, I had a little story about Mike Irvin where I saw him and he, uh, I wanted a picture, but he just completely ignored me. Um, <laughs> but I mean, we got to sit down, and if you guys watched the Periscope, you knew we were sitting at the bleachers. But uh, I guess Dylan, you could take it from there. Oh yeah, we got we got about um I would say forty five minutes of practice. I mean, the experience itself, just being there and seeing them, though it was just for forty five minutes before the um, the rain and the lightning came. I mean, just being there, I don't care. I mean, yeah, it sucks that we didn't get the full practice, but just seeing your favorite players live right in front of your face, it's amazing no matter what. I, I would just I would take ten minutes of it and be happy. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a, a great experience. I mean, it was so nice to actually see play. Like, I only get to go to a game a year, so I don't get to see you know live action football for the Jets at least very often. And just seeing Fitz and Gino and Hackenberg and Petty, and I mean, when you see these players in person, they're like so they look they don't look human. They're huge. Like Jason Barrow, he doesn't look human. Yeah, but I mean, the, yeah, it got delayed. Not delayed. Well, oh, yeah, we got sorry. we got kicked out because of the lightning. So they kicked all the fans out except for the ones with VIP passes, and they went to practice in um, the facility. But um, yeah, like I said, the experience itself. Yeah, we only got forty-five minutes. We had to drive six hours to get there, but I would still say it was worth it oh, just yeah. to see all those guys live. I mean, just I mean, it's it's just nice to be in New Jersey. I mean, I know a lot of people probably don't. I mean, the people from New Jersey don't even like New Jersey. It's from the people I've talked to uh, when I'm there, but I mean, just being in New Jersey is a great feeling, and going to see the Jets and. Um, I mean, yeah, we got maybe at most an hour of practice, but it wasn't even real practice. We watched them warm up and everything. Um, but it was definitely awesome until the, the rain and or it was a lightning, I think, and this huge horn went off. But, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone was, I mean, Jalen Marshall was looking good. Uh, Kellen Davis couldn't catch anything. Uh, Captain, <laughs> Captain Jet showed up, which was really cool. I didn't even know, I didn't know he came to like every practice. He just showed up. Uh, he was getting yeah. everyone hyped up. But the worst thing about seeing the Jets live is, the 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 idiotic Jets fans. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the frustrating guys, the ones that boo the fans in the stands. It's just it's so frustrating to be around, frustrating to be around just hearing them boo people. If you if you're at the practice and you're seeing people from your favorite team, you don't boo any of them. I don't care how much you um hate the player, but if he's on your favorite team, I would never boo anybody. Yeah, you I don't support him if he's on your team no matter what. Yeah. Like, for example, when Gino was handing it off to I think it was Omar, is it Omar Morris? This Romar Morris. Romar Morris. Romar Morris or is Bernard Pierce, one of the two. He's handed it off. Gino hands it off, and they had they miscommunicated, and they dropped it. So everyone said, they start, or not everyone, there was like these four or five guys that just started booing Gino and just said Gino sucks and stuff. And it's just like, if they want him to be successful, why why would you boo? Why why do you even think he would want to be good for, for people that are booing him and telling him he sucks, you know? Exactly. You, you don't want to be around a fan base like that that doesn't support you 100%. No, and that's, I mean, I, I was on, you fell asleep early last night, but I was talking to uh, a few people on Twitter yesterday, uh, you know, our, the guy, we were on AFC East Bros before Kyle Smith, we were talking to him, uh, well, it was me talking to him, and they were talking about how the Jets fan base doesn't get loud, and uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, it's it's fair to say, uh, in my opinion at least, the Jets tickets are very, very high priced. So it's not like we can just fill it with diehard fans. But they were talking about all the times where fans will actually tell them to sit down and then people are like on their phones. That has to change if we ever want to win anything, you know? Yeah, I was reading about, and we all hate the Bills, but um, their fans, they're pretty loyal. Considering yeah, they haven't made the playoffs many, in over 10 years. Yeah, how many years? It's like 17 years they haven't made playoffs. And they're, they're, they get more hyped at games than, than we do. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's nothing. I mean, the only thing we can do is just go to the games and be as hyped as possible. But it, it's got to change. And I think once we start winning again, it, it'll, uh, it'll change. I mean, in 2010, 2009, we were, it was pretty loud. So that'll change. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I mean, we expected to have a lot more to talk about, right? So, uh, well, actually, one of the funny things was they forgot to put Gino on the depth chart. That was pretty funny. Um, yeah, they had two Hackenbergs on there. But since we, uh, since our plans for this podcast kind of got uh, canceled because we didn't get to actually watch a lot, we're actually just going to read through a bunch of questions that we got uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, one of the guys, uh, we were periscoping uh, at the game, or at the uh, practice and got a few questions, but uh, we're going to hop into the questions right after this. All right, so this week we're going to take a bunch of questions uh, because, you know, like I said right before this, we got canceled uh, or every, all our plans got canceled. But do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, you start. Uh, okay, easy easy question from at BNFan4658 on Twitter. He said, at NYJetsFans only, do you think the Jets will keep all four QBs when, the, uh, when they make all the cuts? What do you think? Um, I'm going to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. I mean, I don't really see that. The only reason they would even do it is just to keep Jack. I'm not. I was about to say Jack because I was reading something. But um, Bryce Petty. Because the only reason they would even consider keeping four QBs is just to keep Bryce Petty, Petty from going to another team because maybe they see a future in him or something. But um, they have Hackenberg, who they also have for the future. So I mean, Petty is expendable now. I don't really see the point of having four quarterbacks on the roster. Only one's gonna play and one's gonna suit up as a backup. I mean, just we can we can use that roster spot for other positions on the team, like maybe wide receivers for some hidden talent there, which we and, will um, get to for sure. Um, yeah, my I disagree with you only because I think Mike McCagnan uh, takes takes some philosophy or or uh, yeah he he takes some philosophy from Ron Wolf, former Hall of Fame GM for the Packers, and. Uh, the idea behind Ron Wolf's or his strategy was to draft a quarterback every year, uh, and you're bound to have a good one. And I don't think that Mike McCagnan invested a fourth round pick just to get rid of Bryce Petty. I think he knew it was a long term project. Um, I think that he's gonna. I think all four will make will make the roster, and I think that down the road, uh, this will increase Bryce Petty's value because everyone will be like, oh, he must be doing something right if they're gonna, you know, keep keep an entire uh, a valuable roster spot for you know a fourth string QB. Uh, and I think he can eventually turn into a trading chip. So I, I think that they are going to keep all four QBs. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. What, uh, what's, what's, you got a next question? I'll start one from... We have a bunch. We didn't get three and three this time. So we're yeah. just going to keep rolling through. I got a few from Instagram here. All right. Uh, how has um, Jalen Marshall been doing? The undrafted rookie out of Ohio State University. <laughs> See, like when we were going to the camp, I was I was really excited to see him, you know, playing like uh, just running around. You know, I, I was really excited to see him uh, specifically. 
and apparently, I mean, he's been go- he's been doing really well. He's played first team a lot. Uh, he's outplayed Kembrell, uh, Sharon Peak, uh, all the other guys that were there. Uh, and I mean, he's been playing. He's been playing first team. I hope that this isn't the hype that you know. Uh, I mean, there's so many Ryan Spadola. Yeah. Chris. Well, Chris Owusu is a different story because he actually might have been a good contributor until he got injured. Um. But I mean, there were a lot. What was the dude? Pat Turner, Robert Turner. Is that his name? I think so. Like David also, Clowney. There's a bunch that always get hyped. Greg Salas. Greg Salas. Yeah. He's the most recent winner of that. Uh. That that prestigious name. Um. But I mean, I'm real. It doesn't seem. It seems like Jalen Marshall's different because he's actually practicing first team, and uh, I mean, he's been pretty consistent throughout this so far. So I mean, I'm hoping that he's uh, hoping he's doing well. I know he's doing well based on reports, but I'm hoping that it follows through and we actually have a pretty uh, like a a young player or a, an undrafted uh, steal. Yeah, another encouraging thing is um, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker have both given him very high praise. They both seem to really like the guy. And if the two top receivers on your team are really liking you, so that's something that's something to look out for. Yeah, those two are both like raving about him. So maybe it's just this time it's different. I really hope so because I mean he's just he's really young. He's, I mean he's from. It's not like this is some guy from like Appalachian State. This guy is from Ohio State University. Started there, right? I mean he was under a few other players, but I mean he was he was talented and. Darren Lee, his teammate, said he's not surprised how good he's doing because he he knew he was a great player, but. uh yeah, I mean, he's doing really well, and I, I hope it follows through. Uh, hmm. The next question is from, at, this is Twitter, at King C. Bass with a bunch of S's. He says, uh, second corner question mark. So I think there's three possible options for the second corner this year. Uh, Marcus Williams, undrafted. You know, he's been doing pretty well. Um, well I mean, the past two years, he was, he got, he, what, he lead our team in picks last year, right? Yeah, with six. And then the other one's Buster Screen, who I think is the most, uh, the most one of my most likely option to start uh, aside Revis, and then the sort of dark horse candidate that everyone forgot about. That I I I don't mean to give myself high praise, but I said that this this guy does have talent, and I and I said I wouldn't be surprised if he if he actually comes out and plays this year. You know, uh, minus injury, of course. D. Milliner could start this year because the dude is talented. He just is mm-hmm. constantly getting injured, and both of us have said this before. I mean, he's a talented. He was drafted ninth overall. It's just injuries that have ruined his career so far. And if he can stay healthy, he, he might start this year. Yeah, I said on Twitter a few days ago that I refuse to call him a bust until I see him play a stretch of games and actually see his talent. Because I know he wasn't a top ten pick for nothing. He's got talent. We just got to see him on the field for an extended period of time to see what he actually has in him. Yeah, there are there are two types of busts. There are talent bus or well i guess there's multiple if you're including like johnny manzel that sort of bus where it's just they couldn't control themselves off field right or there's the type uh you know there's i guess there's three i messed that up <laughs> talent off field and uh you know talent just doesn't live up to expectations you off field messing up your career and then there's third which is injuries which is the most um excusable i guess in, in you know like saying you know yeah. he's not bad he's just been injured constantly and i think that that is d milliner's you know, definition. If you want to call him a bust, you can't say it's his talent. It's his in- he's an injury bust, which Sam Bradford used to be. You know, I mean, he mm-hmm. was a player that everyone used to. He just constantly got injured. Matt Stafford, who is a pretty decent quarterback now, he was an injury bust for a long time. Uh, I think the first three of his, three years of his career, he played like sixteen games. So he was an injury bust for a while. It's happened a lot in yeah. in the history of the NFL. Kevin White is another one that I get. If if you're truly sticking to the bust thing, you can call him an injury bust, but you haven't even seen him play. So, I mean, when D. Milliner did play, it was a few years ago. He had, a, uh, what, three picks to end the year. 
Um, and then he did really well against Josh Gordon in that Cleveland game. Yeah, he like shot. I mean, he he has done well when he's gotten when he has played. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. I believe he had um defensive rookie of the month for the month of December that oh, year. Oh, that's right. Yep, that was twenty four. Yeah, to, I think right. Oh yeah, he was injured last year. To answer the question, um, I would go with Buster Screen. Oh yeah, I didn't even answer it. <laughs> yeah, because he um we saw him. He had um. In his time with Cleveland, he played on the outside quite a bit alongside Joe Hayden. I think he's the most experienced guy. I think he's got the edge over Marcus Williams just because Williams doesn't have that experience yet. He hasn't been against these very good receivers. Well, number two receivers aren't great, but yeah, Williams has been mostly in the slot. A lot of people say his picks were just um, luck. I don't want to say luck. He's just like in the right place at the right time. I don't know. I feel I'm kind That's of all I interceptions. It seems like unless you're truly like ball hawking, it's always luck. Yeah, I mean, I just don't feel that. I mean, he could be, but I don't know if he's ready to take on the number two receivers in the league. Yeah, I mean, there was a reason he was undrafted. He's just raw. Yeah, that's why I go Buster Screen, the more, more experienced guy. He's been doing pretty well in camp. I've heard his name come up quite a bit. Oh, yeah, he's had a bunch of picks. Yeah. Which, so that's, that would be my does pick. happen every year, but that's pretty, it's pretty nice to see Buster Screen being picks because everyone expected him to get a lot of interceptions because for Cleveland, he was the ball hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if I had to make my decision... I would say, the, I mean, the most likely is clearly Buster Screen. More experienced, played well last year, played a lot more than the other two last year. Um, I, I think that, well, I think it's going to rotate a lot. But I think by the end of the year, this is if he's healthy, I think D. Milliner will be the starter. Um, but I think Buster will start slot. And, I mean, in Todd Bowles' system, that's a lot of playing time. So it's not like, it'll, it's, it, what, he plays like six defensive backs the more often than not, you know? Yeah. So it's not like we won't if if it's not the starter, you know, if Buster Screen's not the number two or D Milliner's not the number two, we'll see them both a lot. Yeah, regardless. Uh, you got the next one? Or you got more? No, I'm good. Sorry, you you said it all. Alright, um let's see. Oh, I forgot to um, shout out the last guy that answered the question, the Jalen Marshall one. It was Mark underscore Profet. Alright. But um the next question Are you from Jory Crows, it says, "Are you concerned with the future of the franchise, considering we considering we are a very veteran-heavy team?" Um, see, a lot of people have been saying that, and I mean, 2009, 2010, I was far more concerned because it was actually, you know, uh, actually veteran-heavy. This team, I know, like the the top players are veterans, but I mean, Mo is young, Sheldon is young. Uh, we have backup quarterbacks that are young. We have, uh, apparently we have uh, some young receivers coming up like Quincy and Nanwa. Um, our secondary is relatively young. Calvin Pryor, D. Milliner, if he, I mean, like I said, if he works out, Gilchrist isn't too old. Um, we have a lot of young, I mean, that's not even to mention the mm-hmm. linebacking core, Leonard Williams, plus Jordan Jenkins, Lorenzo Malden, Darren Lee. Like I, I don't see what people are talking about, to be honest. I know the two wide receivers are older. I mean, what Decker's 28. I mean, he still has a bunch of years left. Brandon Marshall, based on, I mean, he just lost, what, 30 pounds, 20 pounds this offseason? Is that right? I yeah. Mean, it's not like they're old men. They're, they're, they still got a, a good amount of years left. And based on McCagnan, I mean, it's not like he's going to, he's not going to be trading away picks and he's not going to be just signing a ton of free agents. Like, he has drafted well so far. I, I don't, I don't know if I agree with it being a veteran heavy team. Yeah, like you said, I would be, I was much more concerned during, um, 09. 10 years but on um, the Jets the Jets young talents really underrated in my opinion I mean a lot of them aren't proven yet but based on potential you got guys like Calvin Pryor who had a breakout year last year he's only going to get better Leonard Williams six 
overall pick last year. He's only going to get better. Sheldon Richardson's young. Mom Wilkerson, like you said, the linebacking court, Malden, Lee, Jenkins. They have a lot of, a lot of young ta- talent. It's mostly on the defensive side of the ball, but yeah, you have Hackenberg, who hopefully can be something in the receivers. Or Gino. Like Jalen Marshall. I mean, Gino's still, what, 25, 26 this year? Yeah. I mean, I if mean, Gino, if, if everyone truly believes in Gino, thinking that he's going to be this great quarterback, I mean, you still have Gino behind Fitz. Mm-hmm. I mean, based on potential, the Jets have a lot of good young talent. Obviously, they got to prove themselves first. But I would definitely, I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm maybe a little concerned because all the top guys right now, like Revis, Marshall, and all of them, they're older on the older side. But yeah, if mean, the younger guys can develop into something, then we'll be fine. The only, I mean, the real concern, I think, is when Nick Mangold retires. Because he's been there for, since 2006, right? Mm-hmm. Or 2000, yeah, 2006. And that'll be really hard to replace. But, I mean, we really, I think with McCadden, I mean, Justin Burris is there too. I didn't even mention him. But uh, I think there's there's a lot of young players on his team that, you know, are ready. Not, not ready yet, but can develop potentially into great players. So, I, I'm not too concerned about the age of the team. Yeah. Uh, was that my question or yours? That was mine from Instagram. Oh. Alrighty, I got one from the Jetcast. Oh, yeah. The new Instagram for myself is the Jetcast. So, I mean, Dylan uh, is, I mean, it's obviously, it's both, I don't even, I don't know how to explain this. It's the podcast's Instagram. That's how I should put it. The Jetcast. Go follow it. Um, so, I posted a question, posted the post for questions. Mike Johnson 7800 says, if Gino outplays Fitz in camp, will the Jets start Gino despite Fitz's new contract? Um, I think no matter what Gino does this offseason in camp, in preseason, Fitz will be the week one starter. I mean, Bulls already said it himself. Unless something drastic happens, yeah. Fitz is not going to be seated. That's what by I was going to say. Unless unless Fitz is absolutely playing terrible and Gino is just lighting it up, there I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, you don't want to put a guy that you just gave twelve million on the bench. Yeah, and it's just a matter of fact where. Uh, Fitz got better as the year went on, and you know if we they're right now they're doing a ton of padded practices. I wanted to mention this. Uh, they're doing a ton of padded practices, and everyone's just saying how like it's it's not common to do this many this this early, but their schedule early on is ridiculously hard, and then it gets real easy. To, well, not real easy, and, and no NFL game is easy, but towards the end of the year it gets easier. So uh, I mean I, I'm pretty hyped to see Fitz, and I don't think Gino would be ready for for these. What is it? Six or seven games where it's all just like away and hard teams. I'd say the first six. The first six specifically, maybe the, I think the seventh is Pittsburgh, which is another tough. Oh no, the seventh is Cleveland. Um, for the first six or seven games, you need the the what will put us over the top to being able to you know go five hundred through this is Fitz's chemistry with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. That's why I think it's a better choice than Gino. Gino might you know have a stronger arm. He might be doing. He might look like right now he looks physically a better quarterback but Fitzpatrick has that chemistry that just is unmatched or and I don't think Gino could develop that over a month you know exactly and um I'm I was on the Gino bandwagon this offseason but every training camp we've seen Gino perform well he's a very good practice quarterback I mean no matter what he does in camp he's gonna do good he's gonna do camp good in camp always but it doesn't always mean he's gonna be a good starter yeah I I mean I totally agree with that. I mean, he looked good his rookie year in practice and everything. And I mean, although to be fair, like like we mentioned before, he had a really crappy team. But uh, 
I don't know. I, I'm, I I was excited to see Gino play. I'm excited to see him in preseason, see how poised he looks and uh, more experienced he looks because we haven't seen him in a long time. I mean, besides that Oakland game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. But um, what was like? Yeah, I, I don't think he can. he's going to start uh, barring injury or anything like that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what's your, you got, do you have any more? Yeah, I've, I still have quite a few. Oh, okay, cool. I don't think we can get to all of them, but... Uh, 14, we want to go to about like 25. So we got a good amount of time. All right. Uh, which one is this? What do you expect from Quincy Inua this season? Do you think he'll be better or worse? Oh, that's a great question. Because I, I was actually... The next question I got, I'm going to bring him up again. But Quincy Inunua, uh he is absolutely jacked. He's a beast. I mean, physically, he looks like he should be an absolute star on the field. But, um, <laughs> I mean... I, do I expect I expect him to be a lot better this year? Mainly because this year, dude, he's going to be so much more open. He's developed. Um, he's got uh, he, like the, the lineup for the offense is Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall, Jason Marrow, Matt Forte, and then in some situations we'll have Bilal Powell also out there with Quincy Nunn in the slot. Uh, Quincy Nunn has been playing a lot of slot, and I mean I could see Fitch just handing it or not handing it. Off. I could see him just dumping it to Quincy Nunn for a bunch of plays during this year. Yeah, if you remember last year, he really came on towards the end of the season, specifically yeah, was, that Patriots game. Was he suspended or injured? He was suspended, right? For the first yeah, he got four, suspended. Something the, like that? Um, I don't think it was not the first. I oh, no, he, it was I believe he got suspended like during game. the season. Yeah. No, it was, it was four games. but Oh, it was? Yeah, but I think it was – I don't think it happened in the first week one to week four. I think it was like during the season. Yeah, it was like week four through eight, and then he came back. And then yeah. in the Dallas-Patriots games, he went off. Whoops, knocked my phone over. Um. But yeah, I mean, he he came on real strong last year, and he apparently had a connection with Fitz, and uh, he's the type of player it seemed like. Well, last year in the Patriots game, uh, long ball, he dropped it straight up, and then he made up for it, which is a great thing to see in a player. Um, I'm really excited about Quincy Anunwa this year, and uh, if you haven't already, look at Dylan's Instagram, at NYJetsFansOnly, and look at the picture he recently posted of Quincy Anunwa. The guy doesn't look (laughs) like a wide receiver. He looks like a linebacker defensive end. He's not a wide receiver he's not built like a wide receiver he's a beast but uh yeah i mean do you have any more to say on quincy none i'm pumped for him yeah um if, if you remember last year the, during the suspension the jets run game really took a hit and that oh, just yeah. shows how important he is as a blocker that and i think that people really underrate his value to the team as a blocker because you know you don't really expect the tight end to be that kind of guy that's just in there for blocking but he can block, and he's got catching ability as well. So I think he will get better, and he, as he develops more chemistry with Fitz this season. Yeah, I'm very excited to see Quincy Nunwa play next year. So my my next question was essentially, uh, I was going to bring Quincy Nunwa up, but I'll let you go first, and I'll think of someone new. James Netska tweeted yeah. at us uh, his name's at J Nets two S's and thirty six. Wow, that was really confusing. At J Nets thirty six, he said hidden gems or do you, what are your hidden gem predictions? Like you know who do you think will break out? And you can start this. Because I know who you're gonna say. Well, I mean, yeah, we just talked about him, Jalen Marshall. He's been dominating the camp so far, as you said. Hopefully, he isn't the type of guy that shows up all off season and then sh- turns out to be not much during the season. But he's got a lot of potential, as we said. The players are raving about him. The coaches, not so much. But I mean, both say he isn't gonna really praise anybody right now. Yeah. But yeah, that that'll. If I had to choose a hidden gem, that would be him. But another guy, a few guys. There's a few guys on the team that I think could be hidden gems this season. I uh I don't think he's really hidden. I guess he's not a hidden gem. He's I guess third rounder might be Jordan Jenkins has looked absolutely phenomenal through camp. I know it's only been what three or four practices, but uh, yeah. he has been first team. 
He's intercepted like two, one or two uh, throws. He's had sacks. I mean, he's been he's been all over the field, and uh, I mean, it's just I'm hyped to see him play too. Uh, uh, but I think if if I had to you know pick a player that wasn't projected to be too great, uh, but completely comes on breaks out, it's going to be Jordan Jenkins for me. Yeah, another one we just talked about. D. Milliner could be hidden oh, yeah. because everyone's pretty much forgotten about him. Doesn't think oh, much about him. Yeah, I mean, he could corners, be one as well. There, there are other corners that have been drafted and took a while to come, you know, come to their come full potential, you know. So I mean, it, it, yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm excited about D. Milliner too. I think that he he could be another hidden gem if we could agree on one. I'm saying D. Milliner too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, what's your next question? Uh, this next one's from Benny six eight seven eight. He says, "Can the Jets beat the Patriots twice this year? So could Oof. the Jets sweep them?" Um, unfortunately, we don't play the Tom Brady list Patriots, of course. Um. I think that, I mean, I think we have a huge chance to beat them at home. Uh, every year we have a huge chance to beat them at home. We're always close except for that 45-3 to game, uh, <laughs> like 2010. We're always real yeah. close. It's, I mean, there's a very, it's it's rare that they completely blow us out. We never blow them out. But, um, no, I mean, I think it's definitely a possibility to sweep them. Uh, but with this schedule and it's how difficult it is, I, I'm still, I mean, I would say that we're going to split. But uh, I think it's definitely possible that we sweep them. Because they're going to be, yeah. I mean, towards the end of the year, the Patriots usually start losing a little bit. Um, like last year, we beat them, what, was it week 16? Yeah, week 16, we beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a different story, though, when they're at home and their game is week 16. I think it's week 16, we play them at New England. So it'll be tough, but it's definitely possible. Yeah, um, I would say they have a chance to sweep them pretty much every year. Because you remember the 4-12 and 12 year, both games against the Patriots were decided by less than three points. Yeah, down by a field goal. I think total of three points. It was completely, yeah, it was one game, one point and two yeah. points. And it all came down to Gino took a sack in the one, and then I think we, what, missed a field goal or something? Yeah, I mean, it's always real close for the Patriots. They've had the edge on us. But uh, I yeah. think this year is totally possible. I mean, you saw Fitz had one of his, arguably his best game against the Patriots last year at, in New York. Uh, he had three TDs, no picks. Uh, was he was lighting it up? Um, I think it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely possible we sweep them. Last year, to be honest, we should have swept them last year. I mean, the first game was close. Oh, yeah, Brandon, Brandon Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. Brandon Marshall dropped a touchdown pass that, in my opinion, would have won the game. It might might have been all but over after he caught it, but yeah. he dropped it and gave the Patriots another chance, and, and they they scored, and you know, happened. That was sort of the turning point for Brandon Marshall's year. Like he was like, oh. Crap! I or you know he he dropped that one. He's just like he turned it on after that. He was just catching it week yeah. in week out, fifteen hundred yards by the end of the year. So I mean, I'm, I, he really turned it on after that. I remember the tweet that he after the game. He said, "I should be walking my ass back to New York." Yeah, but I, yeah, I, he had. That was a tough drop. That really, I was really frustrated with that. But I was glad to see him really turn on at the end of the year. Yeah, and then he started making all those clutch catches like uh, in the Patriots game, the Giants game. I mean, he made up for it for sure. Um, I think this is gonna be our last question. It's okay. it's from on my Instagram. It's Vinny period Capone period F R O I O Froyo. I don't know. Uh, this is a sort of a funny question. He said, "Will the Fitz Fro add a little extra magic to the Jets this season, or will they have to simply rest- or will they have to simply rely on the elegance of his beard?" Um, I think the the Fro is the coolest new addition to the Jets. Uh, I'm clearly a Fitz fanboy, but I absolutely love the the Fro and the beard. He is gonna. Uh, I think. I think the fro is going to put us over the top with an extra little dash of magic. Um, I mean, you're you're the Fitz guy here. I mean, I like him, but I uh, my opinion on my opinion on the actual afro, I think it looks stupid. <laughs> I think I like the the clean shave fits more than I mean, the beard's cool, but 
the hair is just out of control. Every year, he has the playoff beard, and it never works. He needs the playoff fro. And as someone who's been able to grow a fro in my past, I definitely, they're magical. So I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of the fro. Anyway, that's enough time on that question because uh, that's just, yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening. And we're glad to be back. Glad that we actually made it to double digits this week. Uh, it's really cool that we're actually 10 episodes. Um, last week, I forgot to mention, if you guys could, please go on iTunes or, you know, the podcast app. Please leave us a review. Tell us your thoughts. Rate us five, you know, out of five what you think and then any tips or suggestions you could have for us to uh, improve the podcast because we definitely enjoy making this thing. We don't want to make it the uh, best as possible for you guys. Dylan, you got anything to plug? Uh, just thanks for listening. We, we really appreciate the continued support. Glad you guys are happy that the podcast is back. Um, make sure to check us out on, on Instagram for posts. I pretty much post every day. You already, you guys already know that edits and all that other stuff. So yeah, just make sure to check us out there. YouTube, everything. Oh yeah, the the hype video. A lot of people were really frustrated. I didn't. I told I told them I was gonna post it and then I didn't. Um, the music that I had was copyrighted and it took it out of the video. So I took it down and I'm just redoing it now with uncopyrighted music. So it, hopefully it'll be up soon for you guys to enjoy. Yeah, that, that definitely sucked because everyone was, everyone was really hyped about that video. Uh, DMs, tw- <laughs> tweets, and everything. But, uh, wait, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, yeah, I mentioned it earlier. The, the, my new Instagram is at thejetcast. Same, I mean, same account, just new name. Uh, and we're going to post, uh, well, I'll be posting, you know, more Jetcast updates and, you know, when we're posting all that stuff on there. Uh, so, again, thank you guys for listening.